Hey, hello. Hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones in Podcast. I am Dry Archuleta, joined today by E. Hello. And Robbie. I'm usually the last. And <laughs> we are still in Christmas in July. You uh, sure would guess that from the movie we watched. Technically, <laughs> technically, it is Christmas in July. Uh, today, we watched Kiss Kiss, Bang Bang, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer, directed and written by Shane Black, uh, so dark comedy of a very certain variety. If anybody knows the name, then you know. Um, it is one hour and 43 minutes long, rated R for language, violence, and sexuality slash nudity. It says, um, came out in 2005 in theaters and the Blu-ray came out in 2006, uh, which we watched the Blu-ray of it and, um, did not watch it in theaters. Did not, did, <laughs> super did not watch this in theaters. Um, yeah. So it is technically a Christmas movie. <laughs> technically. It, it takes place in Christmas. They sure keep Christmas. saying it's Christmas over the course of the four days that this movie takes place. Yep. Every day is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's also Shane Black's thing is all of his movies just take place during Christmas. Is it all the like same Christmas, like the same year? No. <laughs> That'd no. be really funny. That would be hilarious. Um but yeah. So that's kind of the thing. It's it's technically Christmas, but it's not like a Christmas themed movie. This is cheating. I one hundred percent agree with that. There was another movie <laughs> that I had in place. I thought I owned it and I did not and didn't feel like um going to a streaming service for it. It might come back later. It, it probably will. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we already watched the movie. So, mm-hmm. I guess before we go any further, I'm going to read the back of the box, and then we'll get to what's happening in people's lives. Okay. They say love and money don't mix, but you can't blame Harry Lockhart for trying. He's been whisked from a life of petty crime to Hollywood, where he'll audition for the role of a movie detective and be tutored for the part by a private eye. Now all he has to do is convince the dream girl he meets that he's a real detective and not stumble over the corpses as real life abruptly gives way to the real. Lights, camera, plenty of action. Shane Black provides the screenplay and makes his directing debut in a clever fusion of buddy movie and hard-boiled noir produced by Joel Silver. Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, and Michelle Monaghan play the Play the thrust-together trio, a naive schemer, a tough-as-nails gay detective, and a hopeful actress clinging to her dream. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, watch, watch. I feel like that's garbage. I feel like that is <laughs> it's super misleading of a back of the box. Really? I thought that I means pretty on point. I feel like it's that tells you. A, for... I feel like that does not tell you what type of movie this actually is. I feel like that back of the box is playing it way too straight. Uh, yes. It, <laughs> like, does, it, it does definitely if, tell you, like, the first ten minutes of this movie, though. It tells you the setup of the idea of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but, like, if someone read that back of the box and, like, completely was on board with what that back of the box was, I think they'd be severely disappointed. I don't know about severely. <laughs> Maybe not, but I think they would not be as into the movie as they thought they would be. That that back of the box just sounds like a rom-com with, like, noir elements. And, like, that's not inherently not this, I guess, but... I think the back of the box actually sounds more serious than... Yeah, for than that, too, for sure. Is. <laughs> and it makes it... It's like, oh, yeah, there's so much action. No, there isn't. No, it's it's not, it's not really an action-y movie. There is 
technically action in it, I guess, but like not really. <laughs> That's what I, I feel like that is very misleading of a back of the box, though. I mean, it's a back of the box. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it the most mislead you, I feel like. <laughs> uh, let me grab every back of the box next to it. <laughs> That's right back of the boxes. Uh, that should be an episode, actually. We should just read the back of boxes and see like which one we think is the most accurate. That'd be fun. Isn't uh, if anything, I feel we, like that's a half of what we do sometimes in our intro. Yeah, basically. Uh, Bring some movies that all of us have seen before, but like just read the back of the box of one you think is really accurate, one who thinks it's like way off. Yeah, and then make up one and see see if we can figure <laughs> out which one's the actual back of the box. It actually could be fun. Yeah, I don't know if it would take up an entire episode, but that would that be would fun. be a fun thing. Like if Jariah just like grab four movies that are fairly similar, yeah, and read all the back of the boxes and see if we can piece together which one's which, That'd and have the have the red herring back of the box. That'd be fun. Well, when we don't have want to watch a movie one week, we know what we're doing. I guess. I mean, that could be a stream idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. Uh, so before we really start talking about this dark comedy here, uh, let's go with what's happening in people's lives, Robbie. Yeah. What's how's it going? Mostly the same. It's just been super hot lately, as it is in this room and everywhere else around us. Not a whole lot's been happening. I think, like I told you guys last night, that I was on like a weird Twin Peaks kick, and so like I've been looking this week for yeah, where I could actually, huh? A lot of hiking. Yeah, you've been hiking a lot lately. Yeah, it's weird because I usually just work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I end up finding like the first two seasons of Twin Peaks at uh the place you usually go to buy movies and. Yep. Also ended up realizing that like the first episode is pretty much just a movie within itself. So I watched that. Yeah. Um. Other than that, like, I guess not a whole lot's been happening on my end. Yeah. Yeah. The going back to that Twin Peaks thing. Um. The most insane thing to me about that is season one was a fucking ratings juggernaut. Like season like it was insane. Like everybody was loving it. It was huge internationally. Yeah. It was like the biggest fucking thing. Season two came out. People hated it. Um and it Which just is, flopped super hard. I guess that kind of makes sense in like kind of how things went, but it's kind of weird to think of it that way because there's only seven episodes of the first season, which is why I've seen like the first season. But I watched it back in like 2014 or 2015. Uh, it was around the time that like you could actually watch Twin Peaks on Netflix, yeah. and I kind of just like I kind of want to go back into it and like see what's up with it. But it's I didn't want to get CBS All Access because. Everybody has to have a streaming service. They gotta. Uh, yeah. yeah, Twin Peaks season one was primetime television. Yeah. That's ridiculous to think about, but yeah. Because that show's not fucking primetime. No, I was going to say, that show's, <laughs> especially for 1990, that show's dark. I don't know if I actually understand what that show's about. No one does. I just am like, ah, it's like Gravity Falls or something. Uh, that's kind of similar, actually. I mean, Gravity Falls was super inspired by Twin Peaks. You could probably guess. Yeah, yeah. so like it's like weird, cheesy, and then sometimes super, super dark, and then sometimes... It's just about coffee. Gravity Falls. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just a weird fucking show. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like I said, I've been on that weird thing. Uh, other than that, one thing I, I figured I'd probably talk about during stream, but like, uh, I ended up seeing a couple of reviews for a game that I beat sometime back whenever it first came out, Martha's Dead, and found that there's like a huge disparity between people who liked it and didn't like it. And like, apparently people are super confused about the ending of that game, which I thought was pretty straightforward, but apparently it wasn't. And like, it got to the point that actually, or E reminded me of this whenever he said that, like in one of the reviews of someone who didn't like that game, uh, one of the top comments of just was saying that Martha's Dead is pretty much Gravity Falls, but Gravity Falls did it better. I'm, I'm like, what? really curious. Yeah, I'm that. actually curious yeah. about that too, because there's no fucking way. <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, yeah like see, I said, see, reviews are such a weird. So it is. I, I wanna, does it seem genuine or is it like The Last of Us Two, where clearly people just didn't play the game and were writing reviews? 
So this person actually did uh, play the game because they were talking about their experience through playing the game. Uh, another thing about that is apparently there's things that happen in the game that like I noticed, but either I'm questioning to the point because of how some reviews are written that either I made it up while I was playing the game because <laughs> apparently I was just like, no, 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 like this clearly happened in the game. Like, yeah, like this shit just, they just made it up out of nowhere. And like, this just happens for no fucking reason. It's like, it's because this happened earlier. Did you not pay attention to that part? Like, I would but, love if you like went back to watch a, a playthrough of it and you're like, no, it, it was here. What? Where, where did it like, go? Like, no, like, like you just that one review yourself. In, yeah, that one review in particular. Like, I watched that. It, like, it made me feel like I need to replay this game. I was like, did I just make that up while I was playing the game? What the fuck is going on here? Oh, that would be so fucking amazing if you like created a false like narrative in a your head. <laughs> I created a false narrative about a game that has false narratives and deals with mental illness. That seems like me. <laughs> That's one of those games where if we played it, we would have to play the edited version for stream. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, there's well, no way I can handle the normal version of that game. Uh, all right. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's more the same on my end. Cool. E. Hi. How's things going for you? What's up with you? I barely remember the last week. <laughs> oh. It was all kind of the same. Just high the entire time. No, I, I do not want to take marijuana. I heard it does not react well I, with anxiety. <laughs> I mean, I guess it counts on who's taking the marijuana. Some people say yes. Some people say it makes them paranoid. I'm already paranoid. <laughs> I imagine marijuana would just like make that tenfold. You just got to find the right strain, man. I'd, I'd eat one gummy and be like, I would like all my skin to come off right now. <laughs> that is the wrong gummy. <laughs> my skin is eating me alive. Yeah. <laughs> you ate the wrong gummy. <laughs> nah, I, I don't know what it was, but it definitely wasn't weed. <laughs> Uh, it's one of those, like, just, you know, it's just been one of those weeks. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Steam sale ended, got a lot of random stuff. Yeah, same here. Uh, Dead Rising was, like, three bucks, so I picked that up because I quite like Dead Rising. Do you? Yeah. Really? What do you mean? It seems like such a weird game for you to like. Why? You can run around in a mall and hit zombies with wacky weapons. While wearing a tutu. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you probably don't play the story, do you? Uh, I... All right, so <laughs> when I played originally on the Xbox 360, uh-huh. I didn't understand the concept of saving that game, uh-huh. so I just restarted it every time. Oh, Jesus. Oh. I In one hour, I got farther than I ever did before this time. The great thing about that game is it's actually blissfully short, but the thing that they also don't tell you, which I didn't know until much later, is it's also run-based. Yeah, I figured that out today. Um. You think with that, when you die, it would default you to the save mm, and no. restart. No, nope. it defaults you to load. Yep. <laughs> the only way you can know is if you hit the save and restart where it's like, hey, did you know you get to keep all that stats? That's crazy, huh? It's like, why didn't you tell me that earlier? Yeah, it's, it can also be beaten like three hours if you yeah. skip cutscenes and stuff. But um, I mean, if you skip cutscenes and like you just like strictly dickly do things. Strictly dickly? Yeah, strictly dickly. <laughs> strictly dickly do. Strictly dickly doc. Um, yeah, but I mean, I like that game. Uh, it's way, f it's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, I fucking hate the escaped convicts that just gun you down and you have to go through the stupid park every time. Oh, yeah. You get some good stuff if you kill them, though. You get a minigun. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it takes Kills things the real whole fast. Yeah. But it also runs out really, really fast. Yeah, it was great for the clown guy at the roller coaster. You know what? I didn't think about that. Maybe I should take that. Actually, <laughs> I was doing very good against that clown guy with just the golf club. Mm. 
Nice. So I don't know. <laughs> so golf club versus chainsaw. Golf club wins. Here's what happened. Like he just blocks all the time. Yeah. So I figured out when he does like a backflip, you could just time the golf club. Nice. And then he gets hit by the roller coaster. Nice. Oh. So, but um, yeah. So Dead Rising. I quite like Dead Rising. And now that I know how to play the video game, maybe I'll beat it. Huh. Who knows? Maybe. The last level <laughs> sucks no matter what. Probably. Yeah. Also, despite me saying I like Dead Rising, I've only played the original back on the 360. I never bothered you, with any of the other ones. I was going to say, I actually have two through four on Steam. I, I purposely bought two and three. I can't remember how I got four, but I remember not paying for it. It probably came I, in a bundle with something. Something, yeah. Probably got it with like a graphics card or something. <laughs> Who knows? No, yeah. I actually know what games I got with my graphics card bundles. I got Rocket League. Oh. Before it was free. I got... <laughs> let's see here. Uh, I know I got Far Cry 4. Oh, that's a way better deal. Why I get Rocket League? Yeah, you what get, yeah. you get the car game that was free in two months later? <laughs> no, I got that like six, seven years ago, so it wasn't free hmm. for a couple of years. But... I got it for free too. It was just <laughs> yeah. free at launch on PlayStation. Yeah. Though, so. But yeah, um, that's basically all I've been doing. Just kind of, I have a bigger backlog now, so that's fun. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. I even bought one horror game. Ooh. It's gonna. I'm gonna I got a couple horror games. Piss my pants when I play it. <laughs> Let's do that on stream. <laughs> I, I plan on it. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Great. So, yeah. Uh, look forward to that probably a couple weeks from now. Nice. Depends how long Dry's playing Outer Worlds for. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> There's actually a game that I got for like for the stream just because of the name of it. Super Monkey Ball 2. Milk inside of a milk bag inside of a milk bag. Sounds- okay. Sounds like a great variety stream. <laughs> <down>. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah. Uh, Dry, hey. probably non- not video game related stuff you did. Um, no, there's not like a whole lot going on in my life. Um, but I did decide today I went to the donut shop and I've realized every time I've gone in there, I've had a Gremlins themed, uh, thing on. I have like three different Gremlin shirts and Gremlin <laughs> shoes and stuff. And I realized that every single time I've gone in there, I've had a Gremlin shirt on and I thought it would be hilarious. I'm not going to do this cause I don't want that dedicated and I don't have the money for it. It's just every time, like for like two, I go in cause I go in every weekend. If I go in like. Every two weeks, I just go in with, like, a, a little bit more of Gremlins apparel until I'm, like, completely Grim's appa- Gremlins appareled out, and then just one week walk in in a full Gremlin outfit. <laughs> just walk in, and you're, so like, funny. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a mascot outfit of, um... Gizmo? Oh, yeah, Gizmo, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, so, I don't know. I have a dream, That's I guess, really now. funny. Uh, that reminds me, um... One of my high school teachers just called me Mario because for like the first two weeks, I only wore Mario shirts. It wasn't like planned. Just like at a point, he's like, he just started calling me Mario. Nice. It's like, all right, sure. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, it's better how, than how I get most of my nicknames. Hey, tall guy. Hey, guy down front. Pretty fucking close. Uh, whenever I was hey, in- penis shirt. That's well, a long story. So here's the thing. Like, th- this is a pretty short one. <laughs> whenever I was in Job Corps, they called me Blue all the time. And Baba part of the D, reason Baba why, Dye. huh? Baba D, Baba Die. No, for a different reason. Uh, <laughs> You're in the Blue Man Group. Close? <laughs> what? How's that close? <laughs> he was in the Orange Man Group, and since they're complementary colors. <laughs> no, so the jumpsuits that we wore for being part of the machine shop was this baby blue jumpsuit, and um, I was talking to somebody, and like I had friends that like met some new people who like just joined Job Corps and everything. And I was saying hi to them, introducing myself. They couldn't remember my name was Robbie, but they remembered that I was wearing a baby blue jumpsuit. So my name was just blue for the entire time that I was actually at Job Corps. And every time they're like, "Hey, blue," you're like, bow, bow, bow. 
<laughs> no, apparently I reminded them of Blue from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. So spelled huh. B-L-O-O. I would never want to be associated with Blue from Foster's. It, it fucking happened. I didn't choose it, but it fucking happened. He's kind of a dick. He's, he's <laughs> awful. He's genuinely an awful. I mean, like in the first couple episodes, he's pretty, he's like, oh, he's like a lovable scam. And then he's like, no, he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, to be fair, when I was younger, I was more of an asshole than I am now. Every kid is. Every everyone is. Yeah. Yeah, not a whole lot going on. Gonna buy a gremlin suit or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So if we just come in one day and there's just like a mascot outfit of a gremlin on his wall, we'll know why. <laughs> of, of gremlin, John of, gremlin. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you, I, it's I, totally yeah. not because I keep on forgetting the name Gizmo for some stupid reason. Yeah. It might be because it's a hundred degrees in this room, but who knows? I do have furry friends. If you need me to hook you up with a fur suit, nice, <laughs> nice, minimal cum, right? <laughs> Uh, as much as you want, really. Ooh, on demand, good. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> luckily, the weird rubber dildo thing in the front of it can zip closed. Yeah. Um, speaking of cum, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. <laughs> this there is some in here. There's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's a whole lot of odd sexuality in this movie. Yeah. Awkward and uncomfortable sexuality, I would call it, actually. I don't know if I think that's why they wrote sexuality in the writing, though. I, 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 you're, I bet you're right. Uh, it was 2005 and produced the year before that at the very least, so I bet you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie, it is a dark comedy, like I said in the beginning. Uh, it's Shane Black style, so there's just going to be a lot of... Uh, dry humor and quick wit and stuff like that in it. And um, as we learn later in his career, uh, weird sexuality r- jokes about rape. He has a lot of those, actually. Um, so, yeah. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Initial thoughts. Let's go with E here. Uh, this is never the answer you want to hear with something like that. I don't have any strong opinions either way okay. about this movie. Good, good. It's fine. <laughs> nothing... <laughs> It's it's funny sometimes. Oh, good. <laughs> that's, that's genuinely all I really have to muster about it. In my defense, you probably knew with what this movie's about. Uh, the murder and then, like... Not even, the, like, the other stuff. I wouldn't say it's the about awkward. that, but... But it definitely has awkward sexuality, though. It does have a lot of awkward sexuality. Awkward sexuality that even I'm like, this is awkward. Like, this is just feels weird. All sexuality is pretty awkward to me anyways, so, like... When you, like, ramp that up, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling ever. Awkward. <laughs> well, I already start there, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Just like, it's, like, exponential at that point. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah. just no real feelings. Not, not any uh, real opinion about it. Okay, cool, cool. Um, Robbie? I have some opinion about it. Ooh, good. Uh, I do like this movie. Uh, some of the, sadly enough, some of the awkward sexuality things reminds me of things that have happened to me in real life. <laughs> That's always what you want to hear. <laughs> That's never what you want to hear. <laughs> uh, some of them are stories that are kind of funny. Some of them are stories I just don't want to recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, reasons. since those types of stories have two parties involved, probably don't need to share them on this. <laughs> probably not. But anyways, uh, I think it is just kind of a... Without like spoiling too much, by I think it was just kind of his way of saying like this is what I feel about Hollywood. In a lot of ways, it's very meta about Hollywood. Yeah, it feels that way about it. And I feel like it's one of those things that like some of it probably hasn't aged too well. Some of it probably uh, it's still relevant today. Yeah, with it. Um, there you did show me this movie back in like 2018 or something like that when I first moved back to the state. Yeah, and um, there were a couple things that I forgot. There were 
some are i want to say at least half of it i remember uh it's mostly like just weird visual gags and stuff like that, that I, I don't remember quite as well but mm-hmm. i still think it's a funny movie uh i think awkward humor is just kind of my thing and it tells a pretty decent story the more that i've watched this though and the more shane black movies that i've watched uh since this movie the more i kind of started to like see some of his signature stuff in this yeah uh it wasn't until he read the back of the box though that i realized this was his directorial debut it was he hadn't directed before he's written a couple of things before it this was kind of his big push though right into being more in control of stuff um it was this and then a couple other things and then he did uh iron man 3 (laughs) Uh, the Nice Guys, and then most recently... Men in Black 3. Uh, no, wrote and directed the newest Predator, called The Predator, I think is what it was. I think it was Predators, wasn't it? No, no, that was before. Right? Okay, maybe. Just, I don't know. Um, it's all a the names are shit. Google! <laughs> it's Predator, Predator 2, yeah. One of Predator. The Predator. It might be Predators. Predator with a D. <laughs> Luchador. Predator. This is a Mexican version. Predator, uh, but it's like... R-E at the end. and <laughs> Okay, yeah, Predators was the 2010 one with uh, Adrian Brody, the one yeah. where they're on that planet. Adrian it's just like, Brody. oh, yeah, we're all some of the most dangerous people on Earth. Mm-hmm. Now we're being hunted. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all the same movie, really. I haven't even seen yeah. the first one. They're making a new one. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy. It's, I, it's like pre-iter. I don't know. It's about like a caveman. Pre-iter? I don't know, it's about a caveman fighting a predator, yeah. What? It's the whole thing. It's coming out in theater soon. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, Shane Black. That's kind of his his style is this movie. Um, what would you say? like it? Dislike it? I, I think I said it at the beginning. I do like this movie. Okay. Okay. Um, for me, I do like it. Um, I agree with something Robbie said while we were watching it. He has better movies. Um, there are just other Shane Black movies that I like more. The thing that really put him into Hollywood is he wrote Lethal Weapon. So, like, he ah. is the guy who made buddy cop movies. He is the buddy cop movie guy. Um, and that's kind of been his whole career. Unfortunate. Are you trying to say the first time he tried directing wasn't his absolute best, though? I know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, Such a controversial thing to say. <laughs> so brave, yet controversial. Yeah. Not everyone can be the guy who made the best of the best, really. True. Yeah, nobody Yeah, nobody can be that guy except for that guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whose name we're just totally not saying on purpose. Well, it's just like, the mystique not... of it, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that of all of the his like buddy cop style movies... In my opinion, and I think Robbie's opinion here as well, The Nice Guys is way better. Yeah, it is. Uh, it kind of, I want to say someone who he has just gotten better with age, at least with most of his movies. With most of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, some of it is just like, you can only work with it so far. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny, this movie, though, because it is kind of a big boost into Hollywood for a lot of people. Like, this was for Val Kilmer. He was, like, in a very weird part in acting. He was being taken more seriously and less seriously at the same time. Like, he was moving more into being, like, a comedic character. Um, and this was before the throat cancer had been discovered. Yeah. Where uh, I feel like this is a movie of, like, actors who are trying to reinvent themselves. And this was kind of the movie that helped them reinvent themselves. Yeah. I think the biggest thing about it is Robert Downey Jr., mm-hmm. who, at this point, at, at the time of this movie being produced and created and whatnot, 
he was just getting out of jail because he had a ton of drug charges, tons and tons of drug charges, and he was put on three years probation, and he had to do a bunch of drug tests and go to court every month and stuff, and he missed a court date, so he had to go to jail for six months. Fun stuff. Yeah, so he was just getting out of jail and, like, getting sober and everything like that, and this was him being thrust back into the A-list from out of the 80s being relevant to the 90s being completely irrelevant and then into this. So it's a very weird kind of thing. The other thing that I think is very fun about all of this is this movie is the reason why he became Tony Stark. John Favreau saw this and loved his performance in it so much. He's like, I want this for Iron Man. I want you to be this character for Iron Man. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. That, that, this, I just, this I movie just need is- to gain 60 pounds of muscle now. This movie is to blame for us having a Tony Stark, basically, that we had. Kind of in the weird way of how um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle is the reason why we have Barney in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, one thing I actually think is also cool is Val Kilmer didn't drink a single drop of alcohol while filming the movie just to be like, hey, like Downey, like, I'm, I'm going to help you with your body. Like, I don't want you to have to be around that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of cool of just being a person. It's just all apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> it did kind of help both ways though too because i remember uh because i think both me and dry have watched the val kilmer documentary at this point in time Val, yeah yeah and uh there, i guess it's one of those things because like val kilmer is known for being like a problematic actor mm-hmm. and a lot of things and i think it even came up with this movie and robert downey jr is one who defended him of just like no he wasn't problematic it was there was actual problems on set and he called it or and he called action of like hey this is a problem and now he all of a sudden he's the problematic guy because he says or because he talked because he said something yeah he didn't just let this thing slide by he's actually like hey we need to fucking address this shit right um yeah val kilmer actually ended up having a really bad reputation because he was just not willing to put up with director bullshit yeah pretty much which directors don't like that yeah uh they they really like people just listening to everything they say and doing it Um, are you saying directors have a power struggle problem no (laughs) no not at all no we would never say that about mr black (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the actual plot of this movie, I guess we should talk about. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it is pretty simple, really. Mm-hmm. Guy, played by Robert Downey Jr. I forget his name. I don't know any of the characters. Harry. Names. Harry. Harry. Yeah, yeah. Harry, because Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a thief, criminal person, and he just gets mistakenly put into the situation because he's running from the cops. He ends up getting stuck in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. And it has very much that mid-2000s feel of, like, everything kind of has to have a self-aware narrator kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Blame Shrek, probably. Maybe? I think genuinely blame Shrek. Blame Shrek. (laughs) Actually, no, I think it's just a noir film thing, because a lot of noir films have that director, or not director, have that narrator. They're not usually, like, sarcastic or, like... I think that's kind of the idea of this, though. I, I think that's kind of the idea of uh, this narrator in particular. Well, yeah, that's was, what we're saying. Like, yeah. I think you can blame Shrek for that. Is like, I think Shrek had a lot of that kind of stuff before. Really, was very popular it's in like, this kind of mo- in the in Hollywood, I should say. So I think you're both right. Narrator is definitely like an old crime noir thing. Yeah. Self-aware narrator, not so much. Right. So I think self-aware maybe came from Shrek. I refuse to give anything to Shrek because Shrek is a terrible movie. <laughs> Dry just pissed off the entire internet again. Good. Everyone unironically loves Shrek. We all know this. Nobody unironically loves Shrek. <laughs> I unironically like Shrek. Do you unironically love Shrek or Shrek 2? Both. I think they're both very good. You're I think wrong. two is much better. You're a wrong person. You're just you're lying to yourself for some reason. I don't know why. 
<laughs> what a what a crazy thing. The person's favorite movie is NNA's picture show could appreciate Shrek. Nobody appreciates Shrek. <laughs> it's just a vehicle for Eddie Murphy to be annoying more. <laughs> I also don't like Eddie no, Murphy that's much. What about Mike Myers? <laughs> well, he's just terrible. Anything Mike Myers has ever been in sucks. Mm, yeah. No, I stick by it. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, are you going to say I accidentally married an axe murderer is a terrible movie? Yeah. And while we're at it, Wayne's World doesn't hold up very well. <gasps> well, we'll have to prove that someday. Someday. <laughs> someday. Not this day. All I know about Wayne's World is it's part of a course where it's like, Wayne's World, Planet Rock. Party that's, time. That's, <laughs> nope. Party time. Excellent. Man, oh, and oh. That's their thing. What Planet Rock? What's that? It's from a song. What? Yeah. They it's, from don't rap. Say it. it's from rap song. Oh, they don't say that. They say party no. rock. Yeah, I know. I'm quoting a song. <laughs> that is the lyric in the song. Hmm. Man, we're all confused. It's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. Back to this movie. <laughs> so anyways, Harry was a career, a career criminal. Yes. Until he was running from the cops one day and accidentally stumbled into an acting audition while trying to run from the cops. Yeah. And he does okay enough yeah. to where they're like, we can use this. Yeah. I think the one thing about that scene that I feel they could have thrown a dumb joke in there, but they didn't, is because uh, there's just some lady who saw them running down the alleyway and pulled a gun on them. And it's like, we're going to wait here for the cops. And then like they tried talking her down. She starts shooting at them and uh, clipped Harry in the arm. Yeah. And he wasn't sure what happened to his partner. He just knew that that woman was shooting at him and ran away. And so whenever he's in the audition, like it, it's an audition of like this detective who got his partner killed. And so he's thinking like, oh, my God, what if that guy's dead in the alleyway right now and started crying in the middle of it and uh, like went and started like crying into the lap of the uh, person who's doing the script reading for him. She puts her hand down right where his bullet wound is at and it just cuts right there. Like nothing else happens after that. I kind of wanted her to like lift up her hand and go, are you bleeding? <laughs> I think that would have been a little much for this movie. Just a little. I don't. I feel like we have a very different idea of what this movie is. I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, this is also a movie wherever the same guy later on gets his finger eaten by a dog. So I don't yeah. think "Are you bleeding?" is I'm too not dark saying of a this joke. is like I'm one. I'm not saying it's a too dark a joke. I'm just saying it would kind of mess with pacing and stuff. Maybe, it would. Add, I don't know. It would add to the awkwardness of it, though. Of him just like, no, no, that's a, it's fake blood. Yeah, that's a, it's totally for for the scene. It's a squib. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely a squid for the scene. Um, but yeah, so he ends up getting stuck in Hollywood. Not stuck. He goes there because yeah, he's well, a con artist. <laughs> because uh, he's a professional thief who needs to get out of New York now. Yeah, basically. Um, and he ends up getting stuck at all these parties and meeting a whole bunch of these people. While he's there, he meets an old friend uh, that he used to know back in, what was it, Ohio or? Indiana. 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 Some nowhere state. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, Midwest place. Yeah. Mid. That's what kids are saying, right? Everything's mid. It's a thing. Maybe? I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I hear words a lot. <laughs> That's what my brother says. Oh, he's okay. older than I am, so I don't know when say kids are saying it. He's hip. <laughs> he's hip. He's with the kids. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's he's fair. He's with it. Um as the kids say. as the kids say. <laughs> um He's totally radical. <laughs> as the kids would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone else is whack. Uh, <laughs> no cap. That uh, people do say that. I don't. Yeah, they do. Get it? I actually don't it just, understand. It just I means think... not lying. But why? Like it, this apparently, is, this is apparently me being old. Gen Z's version of for real. But like shooting? Yeah. 
no shooting? Cap. No cap. You don't have a cap on you. What? Are you serious? I will not shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that too dark of a joke, Dryer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just like one of those things of like the perversion of things said where it becomes meaningless. Yeah. As many things. I just, I'm, this is me just being old and not getting it. Um, damn, you act like it. you're like 80 years old. <laughs> Give me my applesauce. Get off my lawn. <laughs> So this movie, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, which mean, he uh, doesn't know it's his or his old friend yet, though is the thing. Is when he eventually the party. finds out. I'm yeah, yada like, yadaing a lot of you're, it. Yeah, you're doing the yada yada, but it's like it kind of reminds him of her, and so he's kind of like following her around and like ends up kind of walking into a room where she was like reading a book and fell asleep reading the book, and some guys being creepy on her and like kind of perving, trying to like look under her dress and everything, and he tells her to knock it off. And the guy tells him to mind his own business, and he's like, "How about we go out and, go out and fight?" And he's like, "It's like, dude, I will kick your ass. No, you'll try to kick my ass, but ah, uh, it's gonna things aren't gonna go quite the way you think it's going to go." And then it's him getting the shit kicked out of him out in the front lawn. Yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah, uh, this like the, the reason why I'm like yada yawing a lot of this movie is because so much of it is set up for jokes. Yeah. Um, there's, <laughs> if we're being honest, very little plot in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's mostly a lot of people talking real fast and making jokes at each other. I- yeah, I'm gonna say it's not like too big a surprise to me that you like the like how this movie is because honestly, this reminded me of another thing you showed me that I didn't get, uh, the hockey show Letter Letterkenny Letterkenny. I wouldn't say it's a hockey show. Yeah, uh, there's hockey in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I feel like the dialogue reminded me a lot of that dialogue. Very fast, dry, quick wit. Yeah. Yeah, I like that kind of writing. Yeah. I did, and I described <laughs> it as porn, which does not make just, any sense what? to me at all. <laughs> Like just that's it felt like how they speak in porn. I don't I don't I, know what kind of porn he's watching. Yeah, I, I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> that makes me question the whole porn thing too. That's I have no that, idea. That's yeah. just what it sounded like to me. I, we need to get off that subject. Yeah. He watches so kiss, kiss, re- bang, bang. He watches really good porn. <laughs> Something that has no sexuality whatsoever. No kiss, sexuality, kiss, bang, but bang. a lot of dry wit. It, it's dry wit porn. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah, so the in- the actual plot of this movie um, is him working together with the detective who is also an agent. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's the thing is, like, after the party, uh, he's supposed to go get detective training. Yes. For a role that he's supposed to be in, and they go to go do the detective training, and they, they watch an actual crime get being committed. Yeah. The, the whole plot of it is that he ends up getting stuck in an actual murder uh, mystery, much like the ones that him and his friend that he meets again back here in Hollywood would used to read all of them were always the same I think everybody has read a version of these kind of things before in their life it's it's that yeah they're kind of parodies of like the Hardy Boys or yeah um, Dick Tracy yeah Dick Tracy some, yeah. yeah yeah all those things all of those kind of novels it's it's all it's a it, this whole movie is a send-up to that entire genre which is fun and like nice if you like that murder mystery kind of thing if you don't then there's not a whole lot here for you, I'm going to say, which is fine. But yeah, he ends up getting stuck in this whole thing, and we learn through a bunch of narration that there's always multiple cases going on at the same time, and they always end up intermingling in all of these novels, and he's realizing that he's part of this. He does end up witnessing a crime accidentally, and then committing a whole bunch of crimes. <laughs> yeah, many crimes. <laughs> many, many crimes. The actual... Crime that ends up happening, I would say, is very classically 
murder mystery novel type of thing because it's a very like in the grand scheme of all the things the thing that's trying to be covered up by the person committing the crime is like wrong and gross but like ends up doing a whole lot of murders to cover up classic hollywood yeah classic hollywood of like oh this one thing happened but then someone witnessed it and now it gets messy yeah Um, it is justified if you're the protagonist yeah see (laughs) (laughs) which this movie kind of uh jokes about a little bit a little bit yeah i don't know the plot in this is messy to talk about i would say just kind of all over the place sometimes it is it's not a perfect screenplay focus gains focus uh, you'd think they turned off the focus at some point, but then they changed the lens on the camera. I th- I think when it comes to, like, the plot of this movie, I think they're trying to, almost in a weird way, make it more down-to-earth of, like, yeah, that wouldn't really happen if this happened in real life, and so we're going to have this and this and this happen. They you say that a messier. lot, but they don't... I feel like they just say it. I feel like they don't actually do it. Yeah, this is one of those movies that, I would say more so now, it's a lot of, like kind of like the bad video game mechanic thing. Like, you'll play a video game, and the narrator will be like, oh, now you have to go and move the box a million times. Isn't that so annoying? But, like, the game still makes you do it. This movie's kind of like the, oh, I hate when movies do the thing where the blah, 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 and then, like, the movie does it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, when it was first, when things were first starting to do that, you'd be like, oh, haha, they're making fun of the thing, and you'd, like, shoo it away, but then everything did it, and you're like, okay, well, it doesn't excuse you doing the thing, just yeah. saying the thing is annoying. Like, it was... It's why, like, Scary Movie 1 was highly regarded at the time, and then all the others not. Yeah. Basically, where, like, it's novel the first time. Yes. And, like, I will say, I think they do this well once, for sure, which is the ending. <laughs> yes, I think that that is the only time where that joke super, super lands, because they go all the way ridiculous with it. Yeah. And most of the parts, I think the narration's pretty useless. It, Yeah, it doesn't, like... They, like, how they set it up, you think it's going to be more important. Because, like, in the first 10-ish minutes, it's, like, always there. Like, he's constantly being like, oh, and then uh, this happened. Oh, shit, I forgot about this other part. And, yeah. like, everyone's that. So, like, but then it just drops that. Yeah. Like, hard. It does. Uh, what, I think I uh, talked about this, and I, I still don't remember who. I think it was Ridley Scott who ended up saying this. I'm, I might be wrong, but I remember we talked about it when we watched Blade Runner way back mm-hmm. when, of like, narration when it's done extremely well is unbeatable. But it's so hard to do well that you shouldn't try most of the time. Like, most things <laughs> don't need narration. Right. And I think this is one of those ones that's, it's too self-aware. As time goes on, I think it's, it's less and less fun. Yeah, um, just like, when everything starts doing it, nothing is really doing it. Yeah. Because, like, I, it's it's the same thing with, like, Marvel's very, like, self-aware with a lot of its jokes like that. Yes. And then all the stuff wanted to copy Marvel because of Marvel's success, which bled into other things copying the other stuff copying Marvel. And just, like, everything is meta to a point now. Yes. Or, like, everything has to be tongue-in-cheek about everything. You're not allowed to be earnest. Yeah. Because that would be... That's cringe, as the kids say. <laughs> as those young whippersnappers are going on say. about on their which TikToks. Like, yeah, which, like, there's a time and place for everything, and I think, like, as the years go by, the cream of the crop's gonna float to the surface. Yeah. Regarding a lot of that stuff, but, like, it's just... I'm kind of tired of the trope. Like, I, I, I think we're getting out of it right now yeah i think so where like things are just kind of becoming what they are again but like 
going back to something like this reminds you, like, damn, we've been fucking making these jokes for, like, 15 years. Long time. Yeah, long time. I, I think that's one of the downsides of Hollywood, too, is, like, when something works, they keep using it until it stops working, which means that you just see it over and over and over again until people absolutely hate it. And then, like, okay, we'll stop now that everyone is, like, taking out their pitchforks and torches. Mm. Now that they've stopped paying us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, but yeah, it's just, it's weird. Cause it's, it's almost like a half measure for most everything regarding yeah. that stuff. Where like, it has like the witty snarky narrator, but only sometimes. Yes. Like if you're doing a noir fucking gun for it. Yeah. Like do the whole thing. Like, have the fucking have uh Harry just staring out a window sometimes as someone's trying to get his attention while he's narrating to himself. Do shit like that. Yeah. But like it's just there's like five minutes of narration in this I don't know, like two hour how long is uh, it? Uh just under two hours and yeah. uh an hour forty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I feel like it starts off really strong and being very silly and meta about the whole thing. And then it falls into just losing it almost until the very end. And it, now that I think about it, you guys are right, because it is very narration-heavy up until a certain point, and then it just kind of stops yeah. until the very ending of the movie. Yeah. And if it had m- way more of that and actually like helped things along, then maybe that would be a thing. But it, it really doesn't. It mm-hmm. doesn't piece things together for you in a way like a narration is supposed to when you're using it in that kind of way, because that ends up being, <laughs> which I think goes to say, I'm going to go ahead and say toward what the actual like murder and stuff is of this because it's messy Uh uh-huh uh and i don't think i at least for me i wouldn't have understood what this movie was going on unless they had the exposition at the end i barely understood anything i was so lost on why they were at an actual murder for like an acting coach yeah yeah and i was like what wait what the fuck yeah i think that the script is is sloppy enough like there because there's got a, a bunch of good jokes and they force a lot of weird situations so they can have some funny scenes but for the most part like the plot is very scattered around to the point where you literally have to have Val Kilmer's character come in at the end and be like this is what happened and this is why and that's the kind of thing like a narration would have helped mm-hmm. um, but he comes in at the end and just starts saying like okay here here's what happened Harry and woman your your sister's dead yeah but she was dead forever ago Harmony. (laughs) Harmony, thank you. Uh, Was dead forever ago. There was actually another person pretending to be your sister. And then that person was killed to cover up an incest. That wasn't actually incest, but somebody thought it wasn't incest. And so this person had to die, but that person actually wasn't being killed because this other person was being killed from that person. And they thought it was you, but it wasn't actually you. And it's just so confusing. I think in a weird way, they probably did that on purpose and then it got too convoluted. Just like, hey, like we should probably mess up this room, make it look like a little kid has been playing in here. And then... They started realizing they went too far whenever they poured an entire jar of jam in the middle of the mess. <laughs> like, okay, maybe a little bit went a little bit too far. Yeah. Like it feels like they wanted to lampshade it, but they didn't. They just changed the bulb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like just going further into Shane Black's career, the nice guys succeeds at the things that this fails at. Which is nice because I, nice guys is really, really good. Um it's a real funny movie. It's very, very funny, and the plot is much easier to follow, because it's much simpler. (laughs) It's almost like he made a couple of mistakes directing and writing, and then, like, throughout the years, just got better at it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. The things that I do like about this movie, though, I want to concentrate on that, because the plot is confusing. 
There's just it's no there's no easy way to talk about it. It was it was just a way to tell jokes. Yeah. Ultimately. The thing that I like is I think Robert Downey Jr. really does nail the feel of the character of just being like this asshole weird dude who like nobody really likes and is a fucking idiot. It isn't a weird way of fish out of water story because like yeah, he's hanging out is. with a bunch of Hollywood assholes and he's not that. No, he's just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like it really, you can see kind of like the Iron Man mannerisms in this character. In a Maybe lot of if ways. I watched any of the Iron Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that would help. That, that would help. All right, so I have to watch all three Iron Man to understand uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang <laughs> is part of the, cin- the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. So the parts that are very Iron Man-esque are the ones where he's kind of, or has like kind of that false bravado to him. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning, whenever that guy is like, you know, trying to take advantage of a girl that's fallen asleep and he's telling her, him to walk away. Or like that scene wherever like he's gonna play Russian roulette with that guy to like try to get information out of him and accidentally shoots him. Like scenes yeah. like that are very Iron Man esque. Yeah. yeah. Guess me. It's crazy that it was only an eight percent chance and it happened. <laughs> that is uh, there are that is one of the scenes that I think when I think about this movie, that's the scene that comes to my mind. Because that scene is fucking hilarious. That yeah. scene's great, but it's like a five minute scene. Yeah. Almost Almost at the end of the movie. Yeah, let's talk about that scene real quick. They're yeah. going. They think that they have a hint on where they need to go to figure out who's doing all the murders and stuff like that. So they go to this hospital, um, and on the outside, they end up getting stopped by a guy, and he's like, "Hey, no, listen to me. Come with me. I'm going to kill you now." And then they're walking along, and the guy's behind them, and he's like, and Valkymer's character starts talking to him. He's like, "Hey, you know why? Like, in all of those movies, you always see like the people really, really far behind. That's because in real life." All the cops actually like to keep it at a five distance or a five foot distance because then you can't turn around and steal the gun. He turns around and steals the gun from the guy. Another very tongue in cheek moment in this yeah. movie. Very much so. Which leads them to just hitting this dude around and trying to get information out of him when he really doesn't know all that much. Mm-hmm. He's just a bodyguard essentially. And uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character Harry tries to be the tough guy. Like he keeps trying to be through the movie even though he can't pull it off. And he like does the thing that you see in all like the Hollywood movies. Yeah. You play Russian roulette. You deer hunter the thing. And he, like, takes all the bullets out except for one. He spins the chamber because it's a tough guy thing you always see in the movies. Yeah. He's like, listen, I'm going to do blah, 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 and you're going to tell me what to do. And if not, then I'm going to pull this trigger. And he's like, I don't know anything. Listen, I'm just this guy. I just deliver things. I was told to do this. And he's like, okay. And he puts the thing in, spins it, puts the chamber back in? Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's called on a yeah. revolver. Uh, and it's, cl- it's a chamber. Cool. It clicks it back into the revolver and points the gun and shoots him. And it goes off, kills the guy. Yeah. Um, and everybody is shocked, and it is one of the best moments in the movie. Not the best, but one of the best. Because it actually kills him, and he's dead, and he's on the ground. He's like, what did you just do? Like, I, I put the gun in the bullet. He's like, what are, what are the chances? 8%? 8%? Who taught you how to do math? Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a revolver. 12 <laughs> times 8. Is it 8%? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a great, like... <laughs> it's, it's, uh, like, uh, that's, like, that's when a lot of that stuff works. Because yeah. it's like, it's a funny joke, a good subversion on expectations... But it still, like, is important for the story. Like, it's yeah. to show Harry's a fucking dumbass. Yes. Which is important. Like, the reason that doesn't work is because you're just betting that you don't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. And the movie, like, doesn't have enough of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, the movie is best whenever it is Harry and Val Kilmer's character just being shitty towards each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they have the most fun dialogue towards each other of just beating each other down and hitting each other with Whittier remark after Whittier remark. Like, that's the best parts of this movie. Also, Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. just work really well together. They do. They really do. So, like, those are always 
the best parts of the movie, which yeah. they have, sadly, not a ton of screen time together. The I would say there's too much screen time between Harry and um, Harmony. Harmony. Because <laughs> I don't like the character of Harmony in this, actually. I think she's fine. She's too weird. Like, I don't know what I, it is about the way she's acting, but like, I mean, I get it. I think I get it. I mean, Midwestern girl uh, that goes to Hollywood and kind of still has that chip on her shoulder of being from Indiana. Right. But like, just her like acting performance feels like Shane Black told her like, okay, I need you to act like every ditzy blonde in those old movies. And she pulls it off, but it just feels weird and awkward to me in a way that I don't really like her character. That's a personal thing for me. But. Oh, it feels exactly like almost every other romance in these stupid movies. <laughs> See, like, that's the thing. I don't feel like it should even be a romance. No, like, I say that every time we watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, it's not a romance. It's They try to make it a thing, but things always get awkward and weird. Yes. Yes, they yeah. do. I don't um, know. Like, that. that's the part that, like, that feels like it's, try, it's like acting like it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's just literally playing it how every, all these movies play it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, you're right. Um, but yeah, I just don't really like her character. I get, like, how she's necessary and sometimes adds to it. But most of the time, she's just there to bounce exposition off of, I find. Um, which, again, the would help if the narrator did its job better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what you're saying is you need less harmony and more gay Perry? Yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. As okay. I say many times, we need more gay in these movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, for as, like... Much as they harp on, like, the gay Perry is super gay thing, um, it's great. Like, that character is just super hilarious, super fast wit, uh, love all the lines that come out of him. Like, Val Kilmer fucking nails this. When I think of Val Kilmer, I think of this movie, whereas other people probably think of, like, Top Gun or something like that. Or Batman. Who or, is he in or Top Batman. Gun? Iceman. Oh. Yeah, he was yeah. Iceman in that. Um, well, no one should think of Top Gun anyways. So. Nobody should, but for some reason, that movie is just doing so well still. <laughs> um, yeah, I think of this Val Kilmer when I think of Val Kilmer. This and Top Secret. <laughs> and that movie's great. Um, yeah. So before Top, <laughs> you think before Top Gun and then 20 years after Top Gun. Exactly, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Basically, yeah. my Val Kilmer memory is just trying to get as little Top Gun in there as possible. That's fair. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's a he's a definitely a very fun character that works. He's he gets he's the reason any of the plot happens. Yes, <laughs> quite yeah. frankly, he's the only one who knows how to advance the plot. Yeah, yeah, which is like part of the joke, but also kind of just annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just means you know if he's not there, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of those scenes end up being in a hotel room with just people awkwardly talking. Mm-hmm. Um, which is I think where you do see a lot of the Iron Man things in there too, of like. Robert Downey Jr.'s, like, new acting style of, like, yeah. I'm going to say very important things, but look off to the side and sound uninterested, which is basically what Iron Man is. Yeah. Um, Take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. Uh, It depends on who he's working with, really. Yeah. If it works. Yeah, it does. I think it's why I don't have any interest in Iron Man on its own, because I feel like that's primarily Iron Man versus, like, Captain America fucking tugging at Iron Man back and forth. <laughs> What do you mean by tugging at Iron Man? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean. No. Just like I the, think he saw that more old... of the back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I think Iron Man does work way better in the team up things than he does in his own movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Man one revolutionary for superheroes. Iron Man two fun enough and has Black Widow in it, so that's super cool. Iron Man three is barely an Iron Man movie. 
Black Widow never really got her own movie until way later, right? She didn't get until hers. postmortem. Yeah, until she. Spoilers. Yeah. She was so, dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, like six months, a year, two years after her movie. At least six months. At least six months after yeah, Endgame. We're not. We're not the ones who spoiled it. If yeah, yeah, totally yeah. didn't happen. What three years ago now? There's like seven people in the world who haven't seen Endgame at this point. <laughs> Surprisingly, I'm not one of them. Surprisingly, yeah, you're not the last one. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's just like a weird hemming, hemming and hawing that happens when you're when it's not gay Perry. Yeah, I'm gonna say also, I hate that it's Harry and Perry. Because it makes it really hard to know who someone's talking to. Because, like, they'll be like, Harry. And it's like, Harry or Perry is. Like, they answer properly. But, like, I just hate hearing someone, like, ask for one of them. And it's just really hard for me to tell sometimes. I just think about platypus. So This was before that. This was before that. That's what I think about. Um, A gay platypus? (laughs) It might be. It never says. Fair. (laughs) Pretty good detective, though, I think. Um, yeah, so, like, Gay Perry is the the shining bit of this movie for mm-hmm. me. Um, just has the right amount of dry wit and sarcasm to him. Yeah, like, Val Kilmer just plays it really well. I, I think Robert Downey Jr. plays it really well, too. Yeah. But it only really, really works for me when he's paired up with Perry. Yeah. That um, kind of idiot New Yorker paired up with an over-sarcastic asshole producer. Yes. Like, that's... I think, that... yeah. Well, like, when it's just him on his own or him with Harmony, like, he just really just comes off as just an asshole. Yeah, Versus I agree. being a dumbass. Yes, I agree. Um, Yeah, yeah, totally know that, actually. Like, uh, when when it's just Robert Downey Jr., he just insults women. Yeah. That's, that's, like, all he does on his own. That's all he... Actually, yes, that is literally all he does whenever he's on his own or with Harmony. He just insults women the entire time and asks why she sleeps with so many people. I this had a similar like thing that confused me when we watched uh Chasing Amy. I don't understand why he's so mad about like her sleeping with someone else. Is it cuz he's an asshole? So like this was like a I don't know, it depends on like where you land politically, I guess, on that one, honestly. Okay. <laughs> like more conservative people, it becomes like a religious thing of like why are you tainting your body with unmarital sex and stuff like that. Like that's where a lot of that comes from. It's just that. Um, if you're more towards the left, then it's more of like your body, your choice kind of thing. So most of Hollywood until more recently, uh, leaned into like, if she's a woman and she's sitting around, then that's, that's where that's from and why that is such has a place in Hollywood. Mm. Um, I don't agree with it, but that's where that comes yeah. from. Cause like, it wasn't on an episode, but like, I, I think I was asking you a similar thing when we watched Chasing Amy. I was like, I don't understand why he's so mad. Yeah, that's just uh, toxic masculinity mm. in Chasing Amy specifically. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think with that one, because I haven't seen all of Chasing Amy, but I think I've seen enough to know what you guys are talking about with that movie. I think that's more or less of like, especially when it comes to like relationship things of like a weird amount of ownership, which is a toxic mas- masculinity thing of just like you can't sleep with so- or you couldn't have slept with so and so in your past because you're mine. Yeah. Kind of mentality. Yeah. Which like that Chasing Amy is about that ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. At least, whereas this is like, uh, okay, what? This is just this guy being an asshole. Yeah. For no reason, seemingly. <laughs> yeah. So, it is what it is. Um, yeah. I, we we also didn't mention, it, this is surprisingly important, that uh, Harry loses a finger. Yeah, that becomes, like, <laughs> his driving thing. <laughs> like, he, like, when uh, Harmony's pissed at him for... Uh, one of the times. One of the times that she's pissed at him. She slams the door on him, 
his finger just gets cut off. Yeah, which is a yeah. nice, surprising moment. Actually. Yeah, that's a really funny. Like, like, do not slam the door on people if their hands in the doorway. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's gonna break their finger at the very least. Yeah. But I think that was one of those tongue-in-cheek things of, like, you always see that in movies where a guy has his hand in the doorway like that, and then they close it, and he moves it at the last second. Yeah. yeah. But, like, this one, he didn't move it in time, so he gets a finger cut off. Yeah. And so, like, that's his whole thing. He's, like, yeah, he's basically like, useless throughout the rest of this movie because of it. He's like, uh, I need well, to go to the hospital. I don't think it's so much useless. It's almost like a plot-driving point of, like, because he's, like, drugged up and had a finger cut off, like, certain things have to happen because of his finger. But here's the thing. It's it really is just an excuse for him to be even more dopish. Yeah. Um because everything that happens is just like I got to go to the hospital now and then something another plot point happens that distracts from it and like that's that's why the comedy works cuz it's like they're yeah. just not going to do anything with his finger and it's great. His finger just gets keep keeps getting fucked up. Yeah. That's kind of the running gag at that point. And um, then like it ends on a, like a shaggy dog story kind of thing with the shaggy dog just eating his finger. Yes. And it's just okay. <laughs> that's it. That's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying though, because like the whole getting interrogated by those two goons and getting his hand squeezed now has to go to the hospital. Uh she ends up finding another clue, so she leaves him in the back seat and it's like you can drive yourself to the hospital, right? And he passes out instead of driving himself to the hospital and the other person that was at that scene ends up saying like, Ooh, an open car and steals it and then like he ends up at the person's house and beating other said goon. And dealing with that, so like it, it, like I said, it kind of weirdly drives the plot forward of just kind of like coincidental things yes. that have yeah. to happen for the plot to move forward. Yes, which is works for his character because he pretends that he's a detective throughout this whole thing. He tricks Harmony for about Not five even minutes. Really, yeah, like <laughs> he just kind of is bumbling his way through this. Yeah, uh, which is also again why maybe I like Perry so much. Uh, because he's not bumbling his way. He knows exactly everything that's happening and what needs mm-hmm. to be done and like why things work a certain way and stuff. <laughs> he's it's almost the actual like keep, hero. Yeah, it's like you keep fucking things up and I keep fixing it for you. Yes. Until uh let's get towards the end yeah. with the big action scene. The uh, action scene. The action scene actually. After he ends up getting his finger eaten and he's driving away and stuff like that and all that's happening. Um they end up being in a car chase for 2 seconds. A huge wreck happens. All kinds of shootings going on. They stole a coffin with the dead body of the murdered woman they did do that um <laughs> and perry ends up getting shot uh, the bullet goes through perry into harry which ha- has a funny joke later also um yeah. well, like it's clever because like it's in the pocket and yeah. if you know like these kinds of movies you know yeah you like, know oh, the book what? stopped the bullet and like oh wait no it went all the way through because it, <laughs> yeah. this is like a 90 page book yeah it's like yeah. oh my god the book stopped the bullet and he like takes it out and he's like, oh nope i still got shot yeah, no, it's like, uh-huh. and she's like, oh my, and then she like, she puts her finger through the hole, yeah. and she's like, oh. <laughs> I think it was funny about that, when she puts her finger through, and you see the back of the book, there's like blood splattered on the back of the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, again, like, it can work, like, they do, they do good jokes with it sometimes, yeah. I just feel like it ultimately doesn't amount to all, a lot of the movie. Yeah. In the, when you think about it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then the they end up doing the thing, like that rattling of the plot that I rattled to you earlier yeah. is what Perry rattles off, but in a slightly slower fashion. Um, Basically, exposition dumps all the missing pieces. Yes, which is when the actual best joke of the movie happens. Yeah. Like, Perry rolls in with a wheelchair into the room because Harry's also at the hospital. And he's like, and the narration kicks, and he's like, look, I know what you're thinking. I hate it, too, when the movie comes in and it's like, oh, we can't have a downer ending. We got to make sure everybody lives. And then, like, everybody who has died in the yeah, movie starts like, why don't Why stop there? And, like, yeah, everyone <laughs> who some died of the in- bodyguards, the 
girl in the pink wig, Abraham Lincoln. Elvis. <laughs> yeah. And the nurse is just, like, pushing all of them out. Yeah, like, it's a really good visual gag. Yeah. Uh, something that you would see in something like a top secret or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he has exposition dumps. And then uh, super, super happy ending. Mm-hmm. Just ridiculously happy ending. Slaps the pedophile father. I guess we yeah. didn't even bring that up, really. Yeah, yeah, there was a pedophile father in there. Harmony's sister uh, was sexually abused as a child, which is why she ended up in Hollywood as well and yeah. died. Which is like a whole other plot point of like Harry being an asshole, saying that all these are pretty much every woman in Hollywood is someone who is sexually abused as a child, and now they're damaged and they end up in Hollywood. Which is just not true, but it's like he's an asshole. Yeah. Kind so of he's thing. yeah. He, so he just says that during an argument. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even arguing. He just said it kind of unprompted. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Harry as a character uh, should not be considered the hero by anybody. No. If, no. if you do consider him the hero, then... Um, Self-examine? I, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we went back and buried the sister, and Perry gets to slap up the father a couple times. Yeah. It's really tame. Like, I feel like... It's stuff like this, like, where it feels like the movie, like, forgot it's a comedy. Yeah. Like, I feel like fucking go full ham. Like, have him fucking beating the shit out of the father with the oxygen tank or something. Like, yeah. it just feels so, like, subdued in in retrospect. That scene feels out of place, and the way that they put it in there feels extremely out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, and that's the movie. Oh, wait, actually, I lied. There's one more scene. Here you go. Enjoy. It's me talking to you, the audience, which I think this was, like, a thing that was very common at the time, wasn't it? It was an up-and-coming thing. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, narration was, like, always that thing, especially in the 90s and early 2000s with the whole noir thing, and then mm-hmm. they made it more tongue-in-cheek uh, towards the early 2000s, and then it got way too much in probably mid-2010s. Well, I just mean, like, with this thing where it's, like, the end, and then, like, the actors are addressing you, the audience, and, like, being like, hello there, you, the audience, thank you for watching this movie. Yeah. 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 That was very much a big thing, probably from, like, 2004 2010 in comedies a lot it would end it would be like a almost an end credit scene it's me adam sandler thank you for watching jack and jill my magnum opus i know you didn't see in theaters with us they actually totally did that in top gun too (laughs) they did (laughs) like literally at the beginning of the movie our tom cruise is on the screen he's like hi i'm tom cruise and this is joint scientology today (laughs) he might as well have actually yeah oh boy I love you, you're amazing, and you're the reason why I'm here to be able to pay money to get aliens out of my blood. Um, <laughs> that's Scientology. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's the movie. It's just um, like, it's such a, like, they say, like, oh, yeah, we can't have a downer ending. They barely had an ending. Barely, yeah. <laughs> it's weird, because, like, even just a few years ago when I showed it to Robbie, I was like, yeah, this is, like, a fun movie, and, like, it's kind of forgettable here and there, but it's, like, fun. But then, like, whenever we do this podcast, I'm going to be honest... I go into each movie with a far more critical mindset. Mm-hmm. Not even going to lie. I just do. Um, I'll say that is kind of one of the downsides of this podcast is I can't enjoy movies as I used to. I just have to, like, I automatically go into critical mode. Yeah, there's very much like yeah, you a... start rolling dice everywhere. It's like, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Or <laughs> I'll be like, how much do I like this scene? Nat 20. Son of a bitch. This scene's great. Um, so Shrek 2. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently rolled in at 20, so it's a perfect fucking movie. Turns out the internet's right again. As always. <laughs> um, but yeah, like going into this with a way more critical mind, like paying more attention to like how the story bleeds into each other's scene, like it doesn't super hold up, honestly. I like it, again, 
but that's more moment to moment kind of thing yeah. instead of like a yeah. piece as a whole. Which like it is in some ways it's like it is a comedy, so like how much can we harp on the like plot being right. whatever? But at yeah. the same time, like it can hinder my enjo- like some of my enjoyments is I felt lost a lot of this movie. Yeah, like it. The plot being nonsense is fine. I bring many movies where the plot is sometimes non-existent. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple. (laughs) But, like... This one got super convoluted with being nonsense. There's an issue between, like, the plot being minimal and the plot being convoluted. Yes. That's the problem. Like, it, it just feels like we're going from scene to scene because the actors think they know where they have to go from scene to scene. And then at the end it tells you, like, by the way, this is what we were doing. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, almost like a um. There's like I forget the name of the movie. I almost bought the 4K of it this weekend. Um, you mean any movie that exists? The Sting. It's like The Sting. Um, what? Uh, go with me here. Um, okay. <laughs> it um, it doesn't tell the audience what the plot is until after the thing happens, and then suddenly it's like, oh, here's what actually happened, or like uh, Ocean's Eleven or whatever. Like, the whole thing plays out, and then, like, it's 40 minutes of that, and then at the end of it, it's like, by the way, here's five minutes of what was actually happening behind that part. Like, I think that was actually a super common thing in the late 90s, now I think about it. It was. I especially, like it. yeah, especially, like, in heist movies. Did yeah. you say the late 90s is, like, your least favorite mm-hmm. decade yes. for movies? Yep, it absolutely is. I don't like how it looked or how it felt. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it kind of, it kind of almost does that in a way, which is not fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah and, even with the cinematography of this some shots are very 90s it is yeah i will say i do like the transitions they do sometimes though i think they can be very clever with some of their shots there's a lot of classic noir transitions in there nice fade from one thing to the next sometimes yeah but, um yeah like as far as shane black movies go this isn't my favorite i do ultimately like it but this is one that i think i would have a harder time recommending to people after this watch um, which I didn't expect going into this, actually. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> so are you giving your final thoughts first, then? Sure, I'll give my final thoughts first. Okay. Um, yeah, like, I like this movie, and I like Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer's performances in it. Uh, I think they're fun. But the movie as a whole, I think, is kind of a mess. Just, if you take all of it in for, like, being the thing, there's a ton of love letter stuff uh from like old murder mysteries and stuff like that like the the novak and stuff like that that there's in there there's like there's a bunch of easter eggs and stuff but like a movie can't be a great movie due to easter eggs like it just doesn't work tell that's marvel haha no (laughs) hey got him um you sound like the people who were watching the newest thor this weekend (laughs) they're real mad at that movie man I I mean I wasn't planning on watching it, but it sounds like maybe I shouldn't watch it anyways. Because uh, people are real mad because it's just straight up a comedy. Wasn't Thor three straight up a comedy? No. What? No. Like this. There's is... a lot of comedic moments in the third one, but it definitely was an action movie all around. This one is like people are like mad because it's straight up just Taika Waititi being like, "What if I just make a comedy with Thor's in it?" So... And then he goes to White Castle. Different, different Taika. <laughs> <No>. Um. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I like this movie, but like I said, it's hard to recommend this one now, actually, which is upsetting, because I didn't expect to go into it feeling feeling that way. Um, but I guess with our inputs on it, it just kind of made you feel something new about this movie. Yeah, when you really start to dissect something, 
you see the flaws in it, and sometimes things hold up really well, and sometimes they don't, and this one maybe doesn't hold up so well. Um, I think, uh, again, didn't expect this. A six. I think I would give it a six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, e. Like I said, I don't have really any strong feelings about this movie. I think as it has like three really good jokes, but I would not recommend watching this movie for those three jokes. Yeah. I think some of the thing about this is I feel like since this movie came out, movies have just done what it wanted to do much better. Yeah. Like, I think there are better noir parodies. Actually, I'm going to say, if you like the concept of this movie, watch Kid Detective. Yes. Actually. Like, I think it does this movie better, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, it. I think this movie just kind of is in a weird growing period of movies where, like, the post-Trek period. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, where it's, like, the starting of, like, getting, like, a, a grasp on how to be meta but yeah. they're still, like, not willing to do the whole push to Benna. Yeah. yeah. For better or for worse, I guess. But, like, mm-hmm. this, it's, like, a weird middle middle of the road kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with this movie. If you like this movie, I think that's completely fair. I think there's a lot of stuff to like about this movie. I have personal biases being that uh, romance and sex grosses me out, and that's a majority of, what, of yeah. this movie. I wouldn't say a majority, but. They go to, like, a strip club. It for like a good portion of the movie in the it's middle. It's an art like, museum of naked people. Yeah, naked art. Naked people can be art. Are you sure it's an art museum? Yeah, yeah. I thought they said it was a party. It was a party, yeah. but like a lot of the like weird people in uh in cubes and making like lewd sexual references towards each other and being like in weird contortion positions and everything. It, it's like an L.A. art thing. Yeah, it's called live art. Robert Downey Jr. actually did that. Uh. A lot in his youth. And then also the shippers that were there. Live art. Like the ones bringing all the drinks and stuff? That's a waitress. Oh, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) The hooters that were there. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's just like... I'm I'm like a very weird person, though. (laughs) Quite frankly, Dry has to like really think about sometimes where something he just takes no second thought of will just upset me. Because it's just like... I don't know, like, it's hard to explain, like, to someone, like, it just generally is repulsive to me. It's hard to, like, explain. Yeah, it's like, oh, nipple. Yeah. (laughs) Just puking right off the bat. Well, I think (laughs) it's just one of those things of, like, you know, because you're asexual. Yeah. And then me and Drya are kind of perverts Are sexual. (laughs) Are sexual, yes. (laughs) I mean, I guess it's easier to say that than what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. Just like that stuff always has grossed me out. I think it was very, very prominent during the 2000s when this movie came out. Yes. And, like, it's kind of making a purpose. Like, it's it's a satirizing Hollywood. Yeah. So I get why it's doing a lot of it, but it doesn't mean I particularly enjoy it. I There's not enough of other stuff to keep me there, though. Like, I told her, if there's enough other stuff, I don't... I'll, like, look past the fact that there's romance in movies. <laughs> it feels <laughs> weird to say. Um, but, like, I don't know. Just, like, the, the noir stuff's just not that interesting in retrospect. Like, it's fine, but, like, that's kind of it. You can't really... I don't think anyone could make a guess of what's supposed to happen in yeah. this murder mystery. Yeah. Like, no. it, there's no way in hell. No, there's no way that you can be watching all of this and, like, understand, like, make an actual guess of, like, who's doing murder or why it's happening. Like, you yeah. you couldn't piece it together unless you're told, which is upsetting. Yeah. Because I really like murder mysteries, and I don't think this does a good job at that. 
But yeah, and I'm gonna say I I probably sound much harder than I am really am about this movie. Like it's <laughs> this will also sound very hard. I don't think I'll think about this movie a whole lot after a week or so. Okay. Um. Okay. Like literally five. Like it's just fine to be right down the road. It's just middle of the road. Yeah. Okay. Robbie wasn't expecting this, but. Once again, I still like the movie. I know the movie is a huge convoluted mess, and like I said before, it's almost like they're purposely making a mess to make a point, but then realize they went too far with the, you know, putting strawberry jam in the middle of the carpet. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a lot to get peanut butter out of a carpet. <laughs> it does, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Even more so with jam, but... Um, it does kind of hurt the movie of how convoluted it gets. Like I said, it feels like they meant to do that, but then they just went too far with it. And like, well, this has to happen because this already happened. Uh, I do agree with you. I do like a lot of the Harry and gay Perry stuff where the back and forth between them, it actually is really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that happens between um, Harmony and Harry is also funny too, but it's also more of like that awkward, will they, won't they kind of thing, which eh, they won't, they, they over, <laughs> yeah. Well, they overdo it is the problem. Because, like, doing that once or twice in a movie kind of, like, gives you that sense of, like, will they, won't they? This movie does, like, five or six times with them of just, like, they almost get, they almost hook up and get together, but then Harry fucks it up somehow. Yeah, it's like, this is a very toxic relationship and you should just get out of there. This movie has a third act misunderstanding twice in every act. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much, which, like I said, is a bit too much, but a lot of the humor I did, especially with Gay Perry, was super funny, like. A good example of, like, whenever she gives him, like, that lesson of bad and badly, and then, like, he tries correcting gay <laughs> Perry, and he's just like, it's badly, it's an adverb, you fucker. Like, <laughs> Who taught you grammar? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's such original of an insult. Like, Who taught you grammar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he was just genuinely asking at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Like, <laughs> it was just but... so pissed, and like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> Not only are you an asshole, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like there are some genuinely good jokes and I do really do enjoy the dry humor. I kind of like the convoluted mystery, but I do I do also hate the exposition that they feel like they have to have at the end. A movie that does a mystery well doesn't need to do like a huge exposition dump. It could show like it can show you one or two things and then you can piece it together yourself. Yeah. But this one, it the mystery of it almost feels like they put the pieces of the puzzle together using puzzle pieces from different puzzles. Yeah. And so it all becomes convoluted and you don't know exactly what you're looking at. And that is to the detriment of the film. However, it is enjoyable. I will say this could be a recommendation, but it's one of those, like, what kind of movies do you like before you recommend it to them kind yeah. of movies? It isn't just one of those like, oh, I need to watch a good movie this night. Ah, oh, how about this one? It's not one of those ones, but it still is enjoyable. So, like, I wasn't expecting this, but I'll give it a seven. I actually still enjoyed, a part, you know, a lot of pieces of it. It's not like technically a bad movie. Yeah, there's nothing actually. Well, there are. Yeah. There's nothing like wrong with the movie itself. Just kind of yeah, messy. And that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's messy. It's convoluted. It's a little bit too much tongue in cheek for its own good. But it still is enjoyable. So I would still give it a seven. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough, Robbie. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, e. Hello. If people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We got a link tree, L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash L-O-I-P, which gives you a link to all our social medias, listen medias, and our watch medias. Because we have a Twitch where we play video games twice a week. Yeah. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays, I am currently going through Outer Wilds. And um, 
I don't. He's gonna beat it. I'm. I'm saying right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I will finish this game because the realization that I, after nine hours, I technically got through the first. Here is a mechanic tutorial. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, he man. Just, I mean, he just didn't find it until nine hours. Like, he, if he, if he happened to go there first. <laughs> We've learned if you know exactly what to do, you can beat this game in 11 minutes. Yeah. If you do not know what you do, um, you're nine hours in and just barely realize there's mechanics. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Robbie will be, he will have finished Hopefully, Undertale. Yeah, hopefully finishing Undertale. We're fucking doing it. There's <laughs> no way it's going to take four hours again. Yes, Undertale will have been finished by yeah. the time this episode is up. Do we know that for sure, though? I can guarantee you, unless you cannot beat one of the bosses, one of the bosses you will be done with undertale t- this day to be fair we thought we were going to be done with it uh last week and but it took me a little bit longer with that last boss than we expected i will say that was just me underestimating how much dialogue we still had more than the boss itself you you did about as well as i did on that okay. boss just more dialogue than expected yeah but um we will be done with undertale it's archived on our youtube right under our twitch link yeah and uh you can watch robbie play through undertale there was a lot of fun there may or may not been terrible voices being <laughs> metaton may or may not have been chilled <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a five-part playthrough uh it's on it's there on a playlist on our youtube check it out yeah and uh and our episodes every thursday drop on podbean spotify all the all the podcasting stuff you could possibly fathom we are uh, hosted by a cast now mm-hmm. so uh it's it hurts i wish we could take it off <laughs> it's so itchy <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but yeah we're doing that and then we will also have some archive stuff of fighting games platform fighters yeah we should be starting that yeah so that's exciting um and we'll be doing that for a couple of weeks at least. Yeah. So we can get through them and give them. Playing the... every platform fighter ever devised by mankind, all the bad indie ones. And the Garfield one. Yeah. Is there Garfield? <laughs> no, one? Garfield's in one. He doesn't oh, okay. he doesn't have one. There's a teenage <laughs> ninja teenage mutant ninja turtles one. Ooh. Uh there's a Kung Fu Panda one. We'll see how far we go with this. <laughs> We're thing. not gonna do all those. <laughs> Some of those are like only on the Wii and not worth emulating. Yeah. I mean uh, acquiring a legal copy of Yeah, 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 yeah Acquiring yeah, yeah. legal copy of and playing on the machine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah. Uh. So you know, there's all. Look forward to all that. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Robbie. Yo. Get us out of here. So, round about. Make sure to be kind to one another and make sure to be safe. And whether this is the very first time you've been with us or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Of course. Thank you so so much. Thank you, E. Yeah. Thank you, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening to us ramble about a movie that we sort of hated, sort of loved. Um, I, I didn't expect to like it more than you two. I, me either. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect to like it more than I did? Oh, well, him. In okay. Particular. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say what? <laughs> I'm also shocked about this. Yeah. Um, there were times during that movie I was literally just staring out a window instead of watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not have been the sex stuff. I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't. Uh, anyway, uh, we will be back next week with... I guarantee you a way more Christmassy episode mm-hmm. that is actually taking place on Christmas. This took place on Christmas, technically, yeah. but like, you know what I mean. This is as Christmas. This is slightly less Christmassy than Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah, I would, I would say. say that. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.